Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, I thought that might have been a reference to the uh, subpar performance of our Australian cricket side. Who? Never heard of them. <laughs> For the second night in succession, I'm apparently watching preseason NRL in favour wow. of... Wow. Well, look, I, I've been trying, I've been interrogating why I'd rather watch that, and I think I've figured it out. India are just so unsubtle with the rot that I've just... It just makes me feel slightly sick. Yeah. It's okay, okay. It's okay to be at home and, you know, you know, in New Zealand you'll get a juicy deck that, that'll be a little bit, you know, do a bit, and in England the same and, you know, it'll be low and so But deliberately tampering with the pitch so that left-handers have a worse time just feels like it's a little bit beyond the pale. That and putting spider tack on your spinning finger, it's just a little bit beyond the pale for me. Sure. I, I, I agree with that. However, sorry. However, being, being interrupted by a small child, um, it's not like I, I just it it just always baffles me, and maybe internally within the Australian cricket team, obviously you know they probably prepared a little bit better, but it's just like oh, it's going to spin for left-handers. Fuck, we didn't think about that. It's like I don't know, like. What yeah, did you expect? This is more than that. This is more than yeah, just yeah. Uh, it's spins, a little bit it more. spins for left-handers because they're off-spinners. It spins for left-handers because the fucking ground staff on the orders of the BCCI have deliberately laid landmines for left-handers. That's a little bit more of an issue. It's, That's be- it's a, I haven't it's seen that a, before. It's got a little bit of backyard cricket where, you know, you're in charge of mowing the backyard cricket pitch and you've got a particular style of bowling. <laughs> Perhaps we'll make the grass a little bit shorter in this section of the pitch. Um, or as, I, as on our deck, um, everybody I played against was much better at batting than me, so I insisted on using the taped-up tennis ball so that we'd put a very large element of randomness into it in that it would hoop two feet from outside off stump and hit the leg side base with a wheelie bit. But uh, I'm not competing for the World Test Championship. Anyway, that that's kind of why I feel a little bit disconnected from this from this test series. It does feel like a little bit of a, I'll oh, come the fuck on. This is a bit much, isn't it, guys? Yeah, and I get because they would win without it. They don't need this to win. No, that's that's true. If they made a deck that was it literally flipped, that they actually looked after the, the left handers um, stump area, Australia will still lose. Well, Warner looked like he hadn't woken up from his morning nap on the, on his shot. He was that late. He is very uh, old. Very old. Yes. Welcome back to our basketball podcast. Uh, speaking of um, people that are very old, should we talk about Chris Paul's new teammate? Well, congratulations on Chris Paul on on uh, being the only, the oldest man in the world to get a chip. Uh, while everybody of his age, demographic and earlier, are all getting you're in the buyout market, you're John Walls and you're Russell Westbrooks and, and that, uh, Chris Paul, assuming that he and his friends can make it to the end of the season without dying or pulling anything, is finally going to get that fucking ring. So there's a couple of things. A, Ishbia's, uh, even though he had a, a, probably about as bad a start as you could possibly have in in his first day, 
This is Matt Ishbia, uh, the new owner of the uh, of the Suns, the Fe- of the Phoenix Suns, where um, he had to. Where he, he might be a he might be a predatory loaning cunt, but uh, he, there is one thing in his favour. It is that he is the sworn enemy of Dan Gilbert, who is a much bigger predatory mor- mortgage cunt. So he can't be that bad. Well, oh, it, the the thing I was going to say is the one of the biggest problems with the Sava regime is he was a tight ass, and it's just like if you're a tight ass. Why the fuck are you owning an NBA side? Like, yeah. you're literally playing around with, like we said the other week, hundreds of people's lives and selling off draft picks for cash because you just want a bit more profit is not, I don't know, it just it's the same thing as that Indian test pitch. It just leaves a bit of taste in your mouth. Yeah, but you missed something quite, you missed the point that we kind of glossed over earlier, which is that they're predatory mortgage cards. They're used to fucking over thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of people couple of hundred who work in a basketball operations department and not high on the priority list when you can foreclose on poor families in western suburbs uh, it, it, but his first his first sort of move in the job because evidently the sons were talking about trading for john collins and it's a little bit like someone coming home and going oh do you want to go grab a burger for dinner oh actually I feel like something a bit more fancy. Okay, yeah. well, how about roast goose with all the trimmings? It's just I was going to say, we, we, could go, we could go from Macca's drive-thru or we could go to Rockpool. What do you feel like? <laughs> yeah, your choice. It's just like the dichotomy of, you know, rocking up to the front <laughs> office and they're like, yeah, well, we've got this um, we've got this deal with Atlanta for John Collins. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Go and get Durant, you idiots. Well, they should have known that-, that- John Collins will never actually be traded. He yeah, will just traded, be permanently yeah. he's, he's, dangled out. So like until a the heat, now. At the heat death of the universe, the Hawks will be shopping John Collins in a trade and the Thunder will be still stacking second-round picks. They got another three today. Yep. I don't know what they're doing with them all. They just throw them all in the warehouse with all the others. Mind you, this is the, this is the, trades, the trade deadline of one Twitter. 38 second-round picks. 51, I heard. Um, oh, 51. Just today. 51 changed hands. For this trade deadline, it really is, and and you needed to stack them up. Like they needed five second round picks to get Gary Payton, five second rounds picks to get fucking everyone and their auntie. Uh, basically, someone said it was the five seconds or less draft deadline, and I think that was probably a pretty good line. Oh, look, as much as I for really unprotected, like well, well, we should we shouldn't fucking bury the lead for those who somehow missed it. Four unprotected first round picks for Kevin Durant, along with um, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Yeah, that seems about right considering Gobert went for three and three well, well, swaps, well, wasn't it? The Gobert thing seems completely over the odds. Um, yeah, uh, compared to you know that was, and it's good. It's pretty clear that that's not the market has reset itself and is saying, you know, what what a desperate Minnesota team will pay for this massively overrated defense only center um, is <laughs> is not what we're paying for. Probably the second best player, uh, if not in the history of the NBA, and certainly in the last. 20 years. Seth Partnow was sort of saying, oh, the the Nets should have, you know, shopped KD on the open market. But I think one of the sort of underrated parts of the trade market is guys like KD, you just don't, you don't just shop him off like Boogie Cousins to the Pelicans. You just can't. Like you don't drop them to somewhere they don't want to be, particularly yeah, I, after I you, after they they traded Kyrie and Kyrie's out there it's still, even though they sent him where he wanted to go and somewhere mm. that he, that that wanted him, he's still out there talking shit about the front office of the Nets and and besmirching their reputation and ru- you know ruining it for um, future free agents. But it seemed like with KD, they did everything they could to send KD to somewhere he wanted to be and somewhere he could he could go and proceed to win because 
uh, as, as Sean Mark said, this didn't work and they just wanted to get out of it and go back to yeah. being a nice little cottage team on the up and up, figuring out who they were, getting better, building up. Um, and I think they kind of, you don't often get a chance to hit the undo button as, as a team and they kind of, they, they just want to go back to being the Kenny Atkinson, you know, the eight, the, the 17, 18 Nets. They even got Spencer Dinwoody back. Well, they're still going to make the finals because they're five and a half games out of eight. And, and I watched that- them play. I watched them play today, and they looked. I don't know if you saw any of today's game where they they played. Um, they played the Bulls, who were a team. They gonna- spanked the Bulls, didn't they? They didn't spank them, but they played. Everyone played with such bounce and such positivity, and it's interesting. It's the the Raptors got um got a lot of press for the idea that they were playing like a what do they call it six nine theory in that they were just playing a whole bunch of dudes who were six foot nine, no matter what position they were playing. Essentially, the Nets have arrived at that by accident because their entire roster is, is springy, tall wings. His wings, yeah. Um, but they look great. And the, the thing I thought was really remarkable was how well connected Ben Simmons and Spencer Dinwiddie were, given that they probably met each other in practice yesterday. Yeah. And they were, there was this fantastic interchange of, you know, quick passing. I mean, Simmons didn't play down the stretch, um, but they won the game fairly handily and without, going- Bri- without Bridges and Cam Johnson. Like- they were sitting on the <laughs> sideline yeah. um, and Cam Thomas didn't do much either. It, this was, you know, the first first game that he didn't score 40-odd points in a row. Um, so they've, they've got a bit of a t- – they've got a twin, twin cam attack coming up. And they've also got more so- wings than fucking, you know, they're, they're building the whole plane out of wings. They basically need to move the team to Buffalo. They've got that many fucking wings. So there's only 20-odd games left, right? I can't see them. 20-odd? L- lo- uh, like 55, 30, 30 games. Yeah. So 30 games Because I'm 30 wins behind uh, <laughs> you. So, and I was thinking, given the way that they stripped out one of your teams to, to build up one of my teams, I thought, this isn't likely. It's not even – It's not even. is it even possible? And it's like, mm-hmm. not really. Yeah. Nah, maybe. Um. I just. I don't I, think I guess, it's. I'm not. Well, I'm not sure it's even possible. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that they will enthuse their way into five or six more wins for the rest of the season. Yeah. That. Um. So. Yeah. And I, look, I thought Ben Simmons looked a lot better without all the pressure of having massive stars around him. They can just go about their business. I listened to the um the Zach Lowe, Bobby Marks was uh, podcast was the most was the last of the sort of trade deadline recap ones. And it was the one I disagreed with the most because he was banging on about how Simmons was a zero and he was a waste of time. And and I was thinking, I watched that guy play, you know, two-thirds of a game of basketball where he handled the ball in every possession and they won. I don't see how, you know, it might not, blow, it might not fill up the fucking stat sheet, but he keeps uh, making I- shots available. for. There were so many easy fucking threes for Joe Harris that were made by stuff that Ben Simmons did that doesn't turn up in the fucking stat sheet. I, th- I think the problem with him is uh, the- everyone's talking about him in relation to his contract and what he was expected to be, and it's going to take and what he was. It's going to take another year before you realise that he's a really good NBA player, but he's just not in that star level. Like he's yeah. a he's a probably uh, you know if he can get his head right, he'll probably be an Ig- Iguodala type player, which is immensely valuable. No, I think it, I think it'd be a, well early Iguodala maybe, but not yeah. six man Iguodala. But but what I'm saying is like he's he'll be a valuable player without being a super like one of those star players. So yeah, um, yeah I still think I just think th- this will be good for him because that they can sort of fade off into obscurity and just do their thing. And 
Vaughan's probably a, a good coach for that. And Marks is really good at, you know. Building those sorts of teams. Drafting and leveraging picks. So, yeah, you know, they're probably. Joe Sai is clearly happier being that kind of owner, too. He, he, you could tell during the whole Kyrie thing that he would, he much rather just be the, the fucking team they were when they yeah. were. Things were positive and things were growing up. You know, that's, and you know, it is, there's something to be said for just the potential of being on the up and up rather than the reality of, of having a whole bunch of disgruntled prima donna stars who demand to have a say on roster development and all that sort of stuff. And you can see that the next, the next team that are going to fall into that hole, if, if they haven't already fallen into that hole, are the Clippers. It looks like, you know, they're, they're making decisions based on who Paul George wants around him as mates. I mean, if, if they get, bring Russ in as a buyout candidate, that makes absolutely no sense from a basketball perspective. And it's purely because Paul George has lent on the fucking front office. Well, yeah. And, and then D'Lo going to the Lakers and the Lakers optimism about that. And then some of the stories came out where his own team were like, dude, you can't slag Rudy off in front of all of us openly at training two coaches. Like evidently he was just mocking Gobert you know, in training sessions, like telling him he was shit and he would refuse to pass him lobs in games. And it's like, you can't do that in a team sport. I don't care if you don't rate the dude. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of a lot of cynicism about teams who fucking run a dude down when they, they turn them off. And, and the Lakers did the same to Russ. As soon as he, he went out there with anonymous sourcing about how he was a vampire in the fucking room. I don't put any fucking credence in that. But what I do know mm. is that... There are so many people who have played with Rudy who fucking hate the guy, and I don't really understand why that is. I'm wondering it, it might just be a cultural difference thing between a, you know, a t- tall, sulky Frenchman and and and, and your the, average. I think you could say the same about D'Lo player. too, because he he's never left a team. And, well, D- and, and D'Lo has a weird and long history, yeah. doesn't he? And it is the team that he went to because um, he was mates with Carl Anthony Towns. It's interesting that they traded yeah. him when Carl Anthony Towns was out of the roster. I think he's a difficult dude. One of the difficult things with D'Lo is that he, I think he, remember that, that fucking swaggy P thing mm. where he, um, yep. I reckon, I reckon D'Lo might be one of those people who has kind of, is a bit weird with social interactions. He might be a little bit fucking, I'm not saying he's on the spectrum, but he clearly didn't, he missed a lot of social cues with that fucking interaction. And he just, he just has the, has the look and feel of the way they've described some of his behavior. It's just kind of like, oh, that's, that's, that's a person who doesn't fucking understand social situations at all. Um, that um, particularly that fucking that one with I mean he was a he was a tiny child with the the swaggy P thing. I mean that was like 2015, 2016, wasn't it? So well, I'm yeah. not going to hold that against him. But um, yeah, I actually thought um, again something I disagreed with with Zach Lowe about. I thought that the Lakers did pretty well. I thought Rob Polinka did pretty well to bring back D'Lo uh- and. Jared Vanderbilt, who's a good defender, and you know. that's about as good as you can expect to do. But that team's still not making making the finals, though. <laughs> well, I don't. But again, you know, think like Joe Sy. Is the whole point of the exercise to make the finals, or is the whole exercise just to see how far you can fucking get? Because I mean, if you look at that, then then pretty much everyone needs to pack up because on paper nobody's beating the Suns. Uh, so why even fucking try? Yeah, I think the Nuggets might. I mean, who's, who might the fuck is beating the Suns? Oh, and, and put away your you know depressed Suns fan hat. You put <laughs> the only thing that will stop the Suns is injury luck. I don't know. No the, other team has the depth. The the, the 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 Nuggets, if they have all their guys oh, healthy, fuck off with their one dude. No, seriously, with their one dude. Uh, okay, that they they pushed the Lakers a couple of years ago in the in the in the Western Conference Finals with 
when Murray was just starting to get his things and Porter Jr. was, you know, was he even in that side? I don't think he was even in that side. Um, he was. but was, yeah. was he a rookie that year? Okay. I, and Neither like, of them the thing have is- been that exciting. I actually, I hold, I'm worried about Denver and Memphis. They might be, you know, ahead of, you know, quite a, quite a fair way ahead. I mean, Denver's, what, Denver's eight games five up. and five uh, in, their last ga- in their last ten. It's not like they've yeah, been I mean, on a losing streak. Yeah, 500, that's great. For being 500 is, is, a, is really good. Hmm. Uh, um, 500 the, will get you 10th in the Western Conference. But, but I think they're 500 because they, they, they've got enough of a buffer that they can afford to not push Murray and rest Jokic. Like, they're being a lot smarter about their regular season than they were last year, where Jokic just had to, you know, just keep fucking rolling that team through. Um, they're absolutely going to get Monte Morris off the buyout market, I reckon. Like, the Wizards who will cares? kick him in. Well, it's just, it's just <laughs> who someone who can cares come- about Monte Morris? Well, because he can come back and just and slot into their system and give them five valuable minutes with Jokic. Like I think the reason that they that they shunted Bones Highland out was because if oi, he was on the oi, do the voice Bones. You got to get right in close and go Bones, Bones Highland um, on the skins. Who seems like the most un- who is now who is now uh, one of the Clippers', Clippers multiple pickups because yeah. the Clippers have also gone around collecting up all the spare parts they could to fill out their roster with your Boneses and your Eric Gordons and uh, Mason Plumley I think they got as a backup center yeah. so there's a lot of kind of finding backup centers and spare guards and stuff the Lakers and the and the, the Clips were both all about that sort of stuff. The, the Grizzlies, it's a little bit scary that Stephen Adams went down and their season fell into oh, a hole. Shit, yeah. And also, like, that, you know, did we talk about Jar's idiot mates pointing fake fucking guns at people? And mm. but There's all kinds of weirdness going on in there and they need to pull their fucking heads in and concentrate on the game. And that, that's the thing that worries me about Memphis. It isn't that their roster isn't deep enough, it's their brains aren't deep enough. Their experience yeah, I- base isn't deep enough. I've coached a side that's like this, full of young, chippy, talented yeah. dudes, and it can young, and that dumb, bravado, and full of chip. Yeah, that bravado only gets you so far, and then you have to be a little bit more professional and a little bit more uh, like getting your shit together. And last year should have been their year where it's like, okay, we you know we got there with the chippiness. Now we need to double down on being a bit more of an adult team. And it doesn't seem it, it and it's really hard because young players like that. I like, but we got here by being chippy. If we stop being chippy, we'll lose our edge. And it's like, no, no, because you can get better in other ways. Like that chippiness yeah. can get you to a point, and then you actually grow as a player, and you improve, and you get more mature, and you don't rise to the bait. You don't fucking point laser pointers at people in car parks and encourage your mate to do stupid things. Or you don't hang out with the sort of people who who do that sort of stuff. And and Dylan Brooks fucking picking fights with random ex. NFL players and the whole thing's yeah. fucking or punching people in the testicles. I think we talked about that last week. Memphis are only three wins up on Phoenix and Dallas. Yeah, um, that's skinny. I don't think they're going to finish as the two seed, and Sacramento aren't going to finish as the three seed. I think those that those two might drop to the four, five, or the or lower. I don't think they're going to drop into the play in, but um, Memphis and Sacramento are particularly vulnerable to Dallas and Phoenix, and to a lesser extent, the Clippers running them down. Um, yes, as, he, the, as, oh. as the as the pointy end approaches, because they're still the, all those teams have still got like twenty five plus games to play. Um, I can see Dallas doing really well for the rest of the regular season, and then not doing very well in the finals. Yeah, Rosillo had Goldsbury on his pod the other day, and he was talking about that 
series where the Spurs lost Kawhi and still uh, rolled the Rockets. You know that you know yeah. they beat yeah. beat him in the in the last game when Kawhi sat and they still beat still beat the heart. And he, he was saying, you know, the difference in the amount of energy, and he was sort of giving all these examples of the amount of energy they poured into like breaking down the rocket system. And he said, like this, the the difference in the scouting report and the amount assistant coaches and video guys and stuff will do on a team from a regular season game to a finals is one of the few things that a regular fan just doesn't understand. So he's like every last little weakness you've got. And I just don't know whether the Mavericks can hide their weaknesses. Like I know those two guys, they got a really awesome, but it's like a team like the Suns or the Nuggets are just going to be able to pick them apart with the weapons that they have. No matter how good Luca is, they're just going to be picked apart. They have two guys who can who they're going to depend on to get their own shot. Now, we put a set, set aside the, the fact that we can't figure out how – and we talked about last week how the fuck those two will share a ball. You know, Kyrie can play off the ball, but, yep. you know, is Yahweh going to fucking defer to, you know, a fat white dude from Slovenia? I have no idea. Yep. Maybe he will. Maybe Bull respects Bull. Well, ma- ma- maybe maybe everything, everything he will. Well, for the regular rest of the regular season, I think. And I think they're, they're the sort of team that's uniquely fucking tooled to smash the shit out of the regular season. That's all fine. Yeah. Um, and ISO ball becomes more important in the, the playoffs. We know that. But in attack, yes. Yeah, also, sure. not having an obvious failure point, which is the fact that nobody on your team can play defense. I think that's going to be. Um, yeah, you can see them. You can see them getting to the three or four and losing in the first round. <laughs> it's it's like Josh Green is suddenly like their key defender. It's like yeah, well, they were not okay, sending like him it. out in fucking trades. Yeah, I'm surprised they yeah, sent the- Finney Smith out to be honest because he he's God, he was useful today. Well, I think it's a little bit like the um, uh, like the Bridges thing, right? Is you yeah. got to send someone out of value to get yeah. someone of like for all Kyrie's flaws, he still he still has the potential to be this this superstar player. Like you get one good run out of him, and Luca goes white hot, you might run through the finals. You just never know. I, considering they can cut bait on him at the end of this season and just have the cap space. It's a fucking expensive boat, but yeah. Well, I can see the risk. I can see the risk. Also, the option that he walks to the fucking Lakers, because that's also an idea that that has been floated out there. I don't really understand why people would want to do that, but you know, LeBron's old and desperate, and people tend to do mm-hmm. you know? that. That's what happens when you get old and desperate. You tend to hang out with people who you shouldn't hang out with. <laughs> you tend to do desperate things like enter twenty-four hour fitness challenges for charity. Yes. We'll talk about that yeah. in the plugs. We're going to be a proper podcast and do plugs at the end. Plugs at the end. Wow. Advertising. Um, does the East sort of open up a little bit for the Bucks? You know, Jalen Brown's broken his I face. I think first and- we need to we- – <laughs> it wasn't that good a face to start with. We should pour a little out for the for the East being better than the West. That last yes. – that was there for a few months and now it's gone again for the next 20 years because uh, all everybody left the East and, and went to the West. Um, yeah. yeah, the East has certainly opened up for the uh, for the the Celtics and the Bucks and nobody else. I mean, the, the fucking Zach Lowe again was talking about how how the Sixers are, are contenders, and I would like to point out they absolutely fucking are not because they're the Sixers, uh, and they have James Harden and, and Joel Embiid and and Doc Rivers involved in their enterprise, which means they they might make the second round, and that's the end of that. 
There's not a good track record there. I, I put, on a very personal note, I am so happy for Matisse Seibel to get out of the 76ers. I know he's yeah. not going to the, the team with the best vibes in the league either. No, he's but- going to Wizards West, which is the um, the Blazers. Not, not to bring it back to talking about the West, but I don't think any of us know what the fuck the Blazers are doing. No. They traded Josh Hart to, to this to this next, which is the sort of thing a, a team that's trying to tank would be doing. But then they brought in Matisse Seibel and they also brought in – um, Kevin Knox and Cam Reddish, which means they're trying to recreate the 2019 Knicks for some reason. Um, and uh, uh, this must be some kind of um, like a Japanese game show challenge that they're trying to put Damien Lillard through to see how what his endurance is of, of how much bullshit he can put up with before he he, he lodges a trade request. Um, well, but having said that, d- the fucking Raptors are in the same kind of circumstance. No one can figure out what the, what the fuck they. Yeah, that that was, I found that one that one way more way more weird. Like, well, I found it the same weird because they they brought in Pirtle and then did literally nothing else and and entertained no offers. Like they were getting ridiculous offers for for Van Vliet and Ananobi, according to other teams. Now that could just be other teams talking shit about them to fucking disabilize them, but they clearly had set an extremely high price on those guys. So. They look like they were kind of on the margins. They were buyers, but what are they buying for? What are they? What are they trying to achieve? Well, especially since they're currently tenth in the East, four games below five hundred. Their, their, their leadership has a stated thing of saying that the playing games for for nobodies. You know, you don't play to be in the playing game. You're playing to try and win a championship. And I'm pretty sure Jakob Pertl isn't you know going to get you to have a run from tenth with thirty games out into the you know into the finals, but. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're manoeuvring for next offseason and he's a trade ship, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Oh, there yeah, were quite a few teams that did stuff that didn't make a lot of sense. Atlanta didn't make a lot of sense. They kind of, A lot of teams sort of kind of got sort of half dipped a toe in and then didn't sort of follow through with it. I don't know why John Collins is still in Atlanta. I don't know why fucking Fred Van Vliet and, and Ananobi are still in Toronto. It's almost like they couldn't commit themselves to the idea of um, of properly – Going all in because it was something that they, they couldn't maybe they couldn't get ownership buy in for it. But yeah, well, even Miami. I mean, Miami talk a lot about being the fucking destination of all destinations. And what did they do? Well, they fucking, did, did you hear that story? They traded that, that, Dwayne Dedman, who got hurled like a busted ferragon across the country back to San Antonio, and then waved. No, did you hear the story yeah. about that? How they had a they had a trade call going and they were trying to get Riley and he was having a Riley, nap. Riley was having a pension and nap. <laughs> It was probably. It was probably. Was it three in the morning or was it three in the afternoon? Oh, I don't know. It was fucking but, uh, Judge Judy on. Yeah, I think um, it might. It might be time for. It might be time for Riles to to pack it in. Uh, one of the other funny things in, in the East I liked was that Furkan Korkmaz put in a trade request, um, and apparently he's done this more than once, and it always gets ignored. <laughs> it's almost like they don't even know he's on the fucking team, let alone that he needs to be traded. Uh, Josh Hart for the Knicks is nice, but. Don't they have like? Isn't that where their strength is? That well, uh, it's more it's more tipsy players for for the kind of tipsy tipsy styles. Yeah, well, he does he does grind them up. So and they're they're an outside chance, particularly if Brooklyn slip a bit. Well, they're trying to figure out how to play with nine wings. Um, mm. They're they're a chance of of being yeah. six. They got a they got a four game lead, Brooklyn, and and the Heat are only one game ahead of them. So. Yeah, like it's quite possible. It's Miami are looking at Westbrook in the buyout market, which is interesting. Yeah, I guess for that Oladipo off the bench boost. Like, yeah, well- he wouldn't be a bad fit for Miami because you know he's a punishing asshole about basketball, 
Russell Westbrook, mm. but that's the kind of punishing arsehole they like in, um, yeah. in Miami. The problem will be the the on-court fit, not his commitment to the bit. You know, I mean, uh, he has a uh, Jimmy Butler-esque obsession with playing when he can play and, and, and you know, competing and winning and all that kind of shit that they like down there. He's, n- he's not a good teammate, though. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the, about, this stuff about, I don't about the, the, the stuff about Russ, you know, Russ always trying hard and Russ, like, uh, I don't know. You, I, think he's a, I think he's a good teammate in that he supports his teammates, but I don't think – I think the problem is that the Russ only has one way to play, and that's the problem yeah. with, with fitting him in. If you want yeah, to play he, a different he, way. He's never adapted. That's that's true. He hasn't uh, done the, got- he doesn't done the mellow thing. He's got a bit of Rondo to him too, where he, I think he thinks he's the smartest, cleverest, best player in the in the room. And I don't know if he does. And, and also, Rondo could play defense. <laughs> um, Should we talk about the number of the number of bands being put back together again? Because that number of people who went home, yes, all fucking the teams that reclaimed old projects. Oh, look, Cannibal, uh, Eric Gordon went back to the Clippers. Spencer Didwitty went back to the Nets. D'Angelo Russell went back to the, the Lakers. Jack Pertle went back to the, the fucking the Raptors. Gary Payton the second went back to the Dubs, where he literally won a, t- a chip last year. TJ Warren went back to the Suns, where he was amazing in the bubble. Bruno Fernando, whoever the fuck is, and Justin Jackson went back to, um what that was the Hawks trade, I think. Yeah. Um, George Hill's gone back to one of his multiple teams. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, pretty- Dwayne Denman went, went back and got waived by the Spurs. And saddest of all, John Wall went back to Houston and got waived for a second time. So the, the funniest story of the whole trade market, though, was Pat Bev <laughs> tweeting out a photo of him and D'Lo back together. Did he? Did he? Did they photo out, or was that someone photoed out? I thought. I thought. Oh, I, didn't so think I he, think so. He tweeted that. He 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 didn't do it, but some he retweeted ESPN, the photo. Yeah, but he also yeah. tweeted. The funniest part wasn't that; it was him saying yeah, the second. Bit, um, yeah. Woj has been in the Woj has been in the gym. You know, Shams better get ready. And then Shams tweeted a bit where he got fucking sent. <laughs> <laughs> he got fucking sent to. Is it Orlando? Orlando, I think. Yeah. I mean, he he'll end up in the buyout market, and he'll end up back at the fucking Clippers or somewhere. Um, because I mean, the, the buyout market will be Russ, Wall, Pat Bev, Mello, D Rose. Fucking, what did you say, Monty Morris? Monty fucking Morris, yeah. Paul Morris, Christ knows some other Morris, Julia Morris. Yeah, the the buyout market will be full of big names that can't play that well. I uh, I heard it described by somebody who was clearly, I think it was Chris Haynes. He was clearly operating with a leak from an agent of one of those players. Didn't refer to it as the buyout market. He referred to it as the mid-year free agent market. Oh, right. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. That's that's the new spin. That's the new spin. Free agents is in very, very free to do whatever you like. Yes. No Um, cost. Free for a reason, agents. Look, Crowder might be the... Like the one guy that uh, he ended up on the box. Did they get him for a yeah, second they, round they, pick? They got him for a couple of seconds, not five. Okay. Not I think five, five changed teams in that, in that trade, but you know, you get it for anything less than five, you know, then, you, then you're and, doing okay. Uh, You've you paid less than market price. Is it is it time to um, bin the light years ahead uh, theme for the Warriors front office that they had to give up on Wiseman for a bunch of second round picks? Yeah, I suppose. A charitable interpretation of that is that they, instead of re, re fucking signing Gary Payton because they wouldn't be able to match him, they got in Dante Divincenzo, 
And then they ended up trading Wiseman for Gary Payton II. So essentially mm. what they've swapped is GP2 and Wiseman and for GP2 and Dante, which, you know, regardless of what Wiseman turns into down the track, that's a much better combination for winning right now, which is really their remit. So that's, as I say, that's a charitable fucking viewing of it, but that's kind of what they did. And they weren't ever going to be able to afford to pay Gary no. Payton II the money that he wanted. Or, and also or, they do get off quite a bit of, of salary by not having to fucking um, pay Wiseman. Yeah, if they if they pick up Wiseman's fourth year, it's it's like $60 million in, in tax. Uh, it was going to be $130 million or something. Yeah. So that, it was obscene. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the point, but but it, you're right in that it's it's no longer the light years ahead. We just spend the money and Oracle pays for it, kind of Oracle the, or, the profitable stadium, not the not the IT company. Uh, just pays or for it. We're we're going to be Spurs, but better. You know, we're just going to keep yeah. reiterating into this, and it's like, okay, well, I was actually thinking about this this week. Like, the Spurs don't have any of the natural advantages that, um, you know, Golden State or Boston or LA or even Miami do. No, and they've have, also not but, been relevant for 10 years. But, yeah, but for them to have that run of sustained success, even off the back of one player, and not and not have those advantages that, that, that the Lakers do, and I think the Bucks might, you know, get a pretty good run out of if Giannis re-signs as well because he seems to be the character and the, the linchpin the way that Duncan was that you can just build a, a sustainable side around pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it just comes back to that. That um, why are you picking a a, a center, a big guy with a top three pick? It just it, the modern NBA. It's just not really viable, you know. Wings or guards. How many times has it worked recently? Yeah, exactly. Wiseman didn't work. I get in a way it was because they picked him because they didn't want Ed Edwards, which seems like a bad call now. I just, yeah. They didn't have they didn't have the opportunity to pick Ed Edwards, did they? Because Ed, no, but they could have had Lamelo. They could have had Lamelo. I mean, Lamelo's. Yeah. Constantly cropped, but I yeah, suppose I the thing with Lamelo is that they didn't want they didn't want the fucking Lavar ball bullshit. But um, <sighs> okay, they've got a, they've got a dude in their side who punches people in punches his own teammates in the face. Like, yeah, I'm sure he can handle a little bit, a little bit of that. As, but, but you also look at that fucking Dubs roster at the time, and the one thing they always struggled to find was the big. They kept having yeah. to get bigs off the buyout market. They can have to get your fucking JaVale McGee's and whatever else, Kevon Looney's and people like that. So I can understand why that why they did that. Um, but the fact that the guy had played fuck all at, in college uh, told you a lot about it. But you're right in that, you know, you, Wiseman, big, picked high, didn't turn out. Marvin Bagley, same situation, didn't really turn out. Fucking yep. Aiton, I don't think you can say hasn't turned out. He's he's a decent basketball no, player. He, Most he's of the problems turned are ego-related. He's he's turned out like if he'd been a number eight pick or a number ten pick, you would have said, "Yep, good player, good solid player." You know, has a few flaws, but that's that's about where he should have gone, I reckon. Yeah, but was, but was not every seven not every fucking draft has the transcendental fucking superstar uh, in there. I mean, admittedly, they they picked the wrong the wrong mm. one, but it's not as though he deserves to be eight because there were seven better players in there. I don't think there were seven better players in that draft. Trey, Luca. I question Trey. Fucking used his head. Uh, uh, he impacted winning once in a run, in that one run. Let's have a look at that. I mean, Aiton was part of a team that went to the finals. Yeah, he was probably I'd, the I'd, best I'd argue that's a that wash team. with what Trey achieved. I mean, 
Try, that Atlanta team, I don't want to run them down, but they had an extremely soft run to uh, to where they got to in the Eastern Conference Finals. And yeah. ever since then, he's been an insufferable flute and it hasn't impacted winning at all. Uh, uh, what are they? Yeah, They're barely 500 right now. They are flat 500 right now, 11 and a half games off Boston. Uh, Jaron Jackson? Did you say Jaron Jackson's better than Aiden? De- depends who's counting his blocks. <laughs> <laughs> There was a there was a ridiculous Reddit controversy about that about a week ago, folks. Here's the here's the answer. Bridges and Shea were in the same draft. There's there's the two players that are that are better than Aiden. Yeah, for sure. Offensively, at least. So that that'd put him about six in a redraft. Depends what you want though, because you don't draft for you always draft for need. Yeah. If you already have expensive entitled guards, you're not going to draft another guard, are you? Because you don't want to piss off the people in the fucking locker room. True. Yeah. They they were never going to. You got to manage the room you've got. Yeah, that's why they were never gonna they were never gonna draft a guard at, uh, with that dubs pick because that would have pissed off the the dude. You see that it's a bit like uh, Aaron Rodgers in the NFL getting getting his knickers in a fucking bunch because the Green Bay Packers instead of drafting a um, uh, fucking wide receiver they drafted a, a a young quarterback prospect and he was like, well, you're trying to replace me and I'm gonna I'm gonna crack the shits and he's been he's been fucking sulking for the past two years because they didn't. They didn't give him what he wanted, and they, they they looked like they were trying to replace him. So these these massively entitled prima donnas, uh, and I do count Pretty good. point guards and quarterbacks in the same fucking breath. In that, um, they need to be they need to be looked after because they're extremely precious. Pretty good draft: Bruce Brown, Gary Trent Jr., Jalen Brunson. It's just looking like these are you know Robert Williams the third, Shamit Simons, uh, also Akoji. We- this they're of the age where they should be at their peak. That, Man, that D- Dante Divincenzo was in that draft. Fuck, he's young. Yeah. I, I thought he was like thirty. <laughs> he's, no, he's, he's not that old. <laughs> That's because all fucking white dudes just look old. I mean, Joe Wingles looks like he's forty three. You mean he isn't forty three? That surprises I mean, he's, me. He's at least forty two. <laughs> I'm sure um, I saw his first game for for Melbourne. Dragons in fucking 1993 or something. Yeah. So, Suns-Bucks rematch? That That's your pick? I think Suns-Celtics. I think the, the, the Celtics will probably have more. The Bucks have, have struggled with, with injury with Giroux and with Middleton, and they only need to do – you only need one of those two exhaust ports to go down and the Death Star goes down. Boston seem to be able to win with major players out. Um, so I think yeah, I think it's going to be Boston again. I, I don't know whether any, I don't think anyone can stop the Bucks in a final series though. Or like unless unless one of those two are like out out like not gone for a game or two, but like gone like Boston barely beat them last last season without Middleton. Yeah. How good would a fucking a Giannis VKD just finals essentially one on one final series be? That would be that's part of part of why the Bucks Sun series would be good. Would be would be particularly good, but um, uh, I, it depends. I mean, if Kyrie, he meant Kawhi, has been foxing this whole time and is finally uninjured, there is they have the potential ceiling, and it's the same with the Lakers. They have the potential ceiling to actually be in the conversation there. But you know, yeah. there's four dudes on the Suns who, uh, yeah, you know, they they've got a bit more redundancy in terms of their key their key positions. Well, the thing with the Suns in those in those finals games was you'd get it'd get into that real tight bit at you know at the end of games, and a lot of those games were pretty close. And Giannis could just get a bucket, and the Suns couldn't. Well, you've yeah. got the, the the absolute 
the skeleton key get out of jail free yeah. card, whatever you want in Durant. Like Durant is yeah. that guy. Oh, you need a bucket? Well, here you go. Here's the ball. And you've you've got Booker two years on, who's definitely developed as, as that player as well. It is yeah. almost well, un- that- it is almost unfair and ridiculous that they managed to get KD without having to give up Booker or CP3 or Aiton. Yeah, I think it'll weaponize Aiton a little bit more. And the dude, for whatever reason... Yeah, James Jones didn't want to send Bridges. He preferred to send Aiton, but Ishbia yeah, insisted he, on sending Bridges. But I think it's actually a better fit because well, Aiton's the, the place you, you need. You can't anyway. Yeah, because of the Simmons unless, thing. Unless yeah. the Simmons thing. So, well, you know, unless, unless you... You didn't think for a moment, what if, they, what if they just swapped Aiton and Simmons as well? That would have been interesting. But um, yeah. You have my problem, well, the- I'll have your problem. The the thing with Aiton is though when when he's engaged like there was a, a whole heap of chat when they played and the Celtics and you know uh, Robert Williams is uh, you know probably better in that draft than him and he came out and just fucking ran his fucking ass off and blocked everything and you know actually dunked the ball and went hard to the basket and and it's like man you you're a really really good player when you have that hunger and put it in but he just doesn't seem to have it. Night to night, which I think is which where which is also very Simmonsy, isn't it? I mean, in particular that that game he played against Embiid, where mm. he, he got smacked in the face a few times, and then he started, you know, by Embiid, he, he went went to the hoop fairly aggressively in parts of that game. So yeah, oh, it's definitely going to be fascinating. Like, well, I was thinking about this. The we credit the play-in with having cured tanking, but it's also kind of cured that <laughs> the dead period, the the so so called dog days of of you know March. And so forth, because there's not going to be that period where people are just slogging through. No, no, no one can take gays off because there's going to be so many teams who've got trying to figure out their entirely new team: the Suns and the fucking the Lakers and the Clippers, and you know all these teams that are are, are trying to figure out how to play with essentially new basketball operations uh, and integrate these new pieces. Like that was the thing about that Thunder Lakers game the other day, is you know LeBron obviously wanted the record. Mm. But it's not a game that they could look. They can't be losing games to the Thunder or the Jazz or the Trailblazers. Like that's the part of the table where it's it's almost a two game. Well, exactly right. I mean, AD AD got a lot of shit for looking grumpy and pissed off, and it was like yeah. he was interviewed about that today, and he said, "Look, we're losing a game to the fucking Thunder that we can't afford to lose." Of course, I was pissed yeah. off. I'm like, it's nothing to do with Bron. It was he was totally focused on the fact that we're losing a game that we can't afford to fucking lose. Yeah, I think that the Jazz are the side that's going to slip. You know, they they finally oh, they've got know, no business co- being there. They're already eleventh. I think that's that's good night. And thanks for coming. OKC yeah. so are probably also going to quietly let go of the rope. Um, yeah, they did. They did trade a rotation piece today. They traded Muscala um, and uh, Darius Baisley as well. I think they they moved yeah. off of. So they, they moved off of a few a few dudes. Um, well, they've got to. They've got to get. The rid Lakers of- are below them. The Lakers are going to win more games than than Utah and OKC in the run in. Oh, I don't know whether they. I don't know whether they will win more games than OKC because those guys just play hard. That they're going to have to find a way to sit one of Giddy Shea or or J Dub. Mm. The Lakers need to worry about Portland because they're the last. Yeah. The last team that actually wants to be. In the, in the play-in that is in the play-in. Yeah, and the Warriors, I think, like they're, they're highly motivated just to stay afloat. Well, the, Warrior, the Warriors are above them. I th- I, I'm assuming yeah. the Warriors are going to like – the Warriors at nine, Portland at ten, Minnesota at, at eight, New Orleans at seven. Um, Portland being at tenth, that's the team they have to they have to worry about because it's Utah probably won't try super hard. Well, and given that quite a lot of their rotation players aren't there anymore, you know, they're going to be – it's going to be fairly quiet. OKC – 
Okay, so you'll probably finish 11th. Uh, and, and if the Lakers fuck up and this doesn't work out, then then OKC could could finish 10th. <laughs> Can I read you the Thunder's next couple of games? They've got the Pelicans, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Kings. Then they got a hard stretch. Suns, Kings, Hang on, you just Kings. said Kings, who were the fucking third team in the comp. I, I wouldn't yeah, no, no, I was just there. saying, like, they've got, they've got like, games around the play-in and then some mm. hard games and then Lakers, Jazz, Jazz, um, Warriors – you know, again, all pl- all yeah. teams around them in that in that in that area, all in and around, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Pelicans, Spurs, uh, Raptors, Nets. Yeah, they haven't they haven't got that many really hard games. Like they played the Suns a few times, but other than that, they're all teams in and around their area. They got yeah, the Grizzlies well, last game, so mm. um, that's it. But that's the thing, right? Like I mean, even that's the thing. If if they want to make the finals. They can yeah, make the that, finals. That they can. The it's within their. It's within their power. Yeah. It's just whether they want to or not. And, and the same is true of the Lakers and Utah. They're all, those teams are essentially all around the same, since of their yeah. wins record. It's just whether they want to win or not. And the Lakers want to win, and Utah and OKC, I'm not convinced do. So, mm. if the Lakers don't get in front of them, then that's an in, indictment of them as a basketball, as a fucking. Uh, as a squad, as a fucking group, as a fucking label, as whatever else they said about death row record back in, back in that saying, I can't quite remember. But the problem, but the problem, Lakers will have is that there is at least there are ten teams above them that want to win, and they have more wins than them right now. Yep. And then we just got to pray for lottery odds to fall our ways, just for the comedy. So, so Houston gets gets Wendy. Maybe I don't think any. I don't want to see any of these teams get Wendy. Uh, I I would love the Pelicans to get Wemby just for the like not th- through their pick but through the Lakers pick that that would that would actually make me very happy. <laughs> I mean, there's still a chance that if if Zion keeps stays out for any longer, then um, nah. the Lakers will end up above New Orleans and the pick swap won't actually happen. Yeah, that's true too. Um, all right, anything else interesting out of the trade market? I think we covered pretty much everything. That's pretty much it. We talked cricket to start with, so I think yes, that's. Okay. <laughs> that's- about all I want to discuss that I did I did put it on for the boys during dinner yesterday and that's when they just they just ripped through the middle order and then I turned yeah. it off and never turned it back on again ah uh, fuck all right doc well thanks for um I'm missing I'm missing NRL preseason for this yeah that's, oh, the, sh- that's the sharks true. are dusting the nights so that's that's not so good it seems too warm to be playing NRL but anyway they're playing on the central coast. There's a lovely sea breeze off the fucking off the water there. They don't have the the sauce bottles there for the um, as they do for the uh, the central coast Mariners games. Do, are they playing for a, a strip of highway? That's all I care about. Well, I don't think they are. they're playing. There's some preseason competition, and they get bonus points for like it's like you know X numbers of points for a wins or a draw. But they're also giving bonus points for. Like more more than five line breaks and more than five, you know, oh. they're trying to incentivize additional Attacking stats. Play. I'm like, okay, fine, but what kind of XG obsessed wankers are actually paying attention to this shit? Anyway, yeah, why not? It's all about giving them all a run, isn't it? Blow the cobwebs out. Pretty much, yeah. It's all and and giving the giving the New Zealand Warriors the occasional win. They they got a win yesterday. I mean, it might have been against the West Tigers, but apparently it still counts. Um, anyway, this is a will, very long way in, in order to not watch Australia suck at cricket. So. I, I will plug. I will plug my um, crazy. Yeah, we'll do the plugs. Uh, you're doing charity. a. Um, you're, you're doing a, a 24 hour fitness challenge for mm. charity. Um, 
could I suggest you you say what the charity is? Because I couldn't find that anywhere on the website. What, uh, just said charity, a- and I was wondering if the charity was <laughs> Bezos Single Malt Fund. <laughs> no, it's I think it's in love of me ever paying my bets. It's Wounded Heroes Australia. It's basically uh, first responder and army veterans. I, I think a little bit like um, uh, you know, like people that that can't get pensions and and stuff like that, helping helping them recover and helping them get you know, prosthetic limbs and things like that. So, uh, yeah, the, the the lady that owns our gym is a police trainer, so she's right into right into the first responder stuff. Um, but, yes, not really sure how it's going to go. I'm fine doing an hour of, of work. It's going to go down the front of your jersey when you vomit it up because it's – Yeah, I think it's going to – The last 24-hour challenge I did was watching the day turn of 24 hours, and that was, that was, that was fine. <laughs> did you throw up for that one? No. No, no, it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. It was good. Um, I don't think it's it's going to be throwing up because I think it's it's you're going to have to really pace yourself. I don't think there'll be any um, you know, youthful enthusiasm, shall we say? It'll all be like fuck. That's good because you what? haven't had any of that since 1998. <laughs> well, I've got enthusiasm, just none of it's use- youthful. So <laughs> also, none of it's useful as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you follow us on Twitter, you can find the link to to donate there, and that would be very. I'll put the I'll put the link in the show notes, right. and uh, yeah, uh, please uh, give give generously. <laughs> so give generously, and I, I sounded a bit NBN telethon, didn't it? If if I do vomit, I promise to uh, to post photos of that as well, or at least me dying. I'll I'll, I'll try and get you know a photo of me asleep in it. Well, 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 you can send a sample of Bezos' stress form. <laughs> get your own swatch of his of his little of his fucking yeah. um, touch rugby jersey covered in covered in spew. Uh, We're not selling it, are we? No, not really. Those responders. I'll, look, what do you reckon? I'll get I'll get a, at least five cents. I think I pitched it the best way. It's like if you want to if you want to see me suffer, please donate. And Greybeard was like, where do I? Sign up. You suffer. If you want to get revenge for the some of the albums that Bezo picks on the other, if I, I'm talking myself into fucking sponsoring. Yeah. Doc's like, can I make him go an extra couple of hours? Yes. Can, uh, can I choose the music he has to put in his earbuds for the whole time? No, no, you cannot. No, you absolutely cannot. That would be because you fucking make me listen to Moby for 24 hours and I might be suicidal. Yeah, whose choice was that? It was you. You did that. Yes. Yes, yes. You spoke that name in the fucking day. Anyway, if we're going to talk music, we'll, we'll talk about it on, on the uh, on the Tripping Balls episode, which follows this one. On the flip side. Until next week, folks, uh, we'll talk to you later. Cheers, Doc. Cheers, Doc.